wisdom rushing in so much clearer Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I am chatting with Lindsay Roman. So, Lindsay, tell everyone hi, kind of introduce yourself, just give people the lowdown on who you are. Yes. Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for having me on the show. I am honored to be here. My name is Lindsay Roman. If you have not if I'm just new to your stratosphere, that didn't make sense, but that's how we're rocking today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I am a photographer, business coach, podcaster, and wife and mama of two little girls. So uh, I live in Lawrence, Kansas, but we are, oh, mm, that's where we're at right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to share like some things quite yet. I totally get that. <laughs> I like forget that I haven't technically shared some news like on social media. So I don't, depending on when this comes out, I'll just zip my mouth shut. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> well, for right now, Kansas, that's the vibe. That's awesome. That's the vibe for right now. Wink, wink. Right. Okay. Okay. So I would love to hear how you got started in photography and kind of like how you, your business got started. Like I, I, I'm interested to hear like the story. So totally, you would totally. Be willing. Yes, absolutely. So I grew up, um, being very creative and I would say like I got interested in photography in high school. I was on my yearbooks, uh, I guess, team as like the photographer um, or one of them. And when I got into college, I was very much interested in theater. And so I kind of went down that route. um, And I just loved, again, creativity, storytelling. And at the time, acting was just like my favorite way of storytelling and using my art to just share stories, get people to feel emotions of some sort. And so as I went through college, I still had like a dinky little Canon Rebel. I think it was like a T3i, very just precious. Um, Love it. <laughs> and I, I remember I studied abroad in Europe and I like took it and I was, I thought it was so cool because I was like taking photos in Europe and I was like, oh, I have a DSLR, but it was like, everything was on auto, just like tragic right. moving back. <laughs> Uh-huh. But um, I majored in theater and film because, again, my mindset was to go off and to major, not major, uh, to just be an actress in some capacity. Okay. Um, and after I graduated, I had this moment where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't feel like I'm ready fully to go off to like LA, right? Like if you're going to do that, like full send, you got to go and be like all in on that. And there was just pause, which I really truly feel was like the Lord being like, "Mm, I have a different path for you. Um, (laughs) And so I, I started interning with my church and in that year of interning with them, I I started looking at my camera, the little dinky Canon rebel T3i that Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I have been using this on auto. Why am I doing that? Um, So I literally like sat down, read the manual, like the actual manual that comes with Canon. Oh, wow. I don't, I could have YouTube things, but no, that was my method of learning. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And so started learning that and I just started playing around. I had roommates at the time, so I would take them out to do like portraits. um, And I started playing around, discovered that I loved it. And it was very similar in my brain to acting in the sense that as I was telling people stories, it was just 
versus like acting. It was through my lens, right? Because um, that's what photography is. You're capturing people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I remember it was like a slow burn. It wasn't like that day I was like, oh, okay, I've read the manual. I'm going to start a photography business. Awesome. It was more of like, this is really interesting. I'm really good at this, or at least I think I'm really good at this. Let's like follow this path and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember I like started a Facebook page that at the time was Lindsay Noel Photography. Yes. And then I slowly started a dinky, dinky Weebly website. No hate to Weebly, but it was bad. Um, right, right. <laughs> and uh, I just started photographing, I think, families around like in my town, at my church, couples, Um I always joke for anybody that wants to get into a photography career, go to church and make a lot of friends because I feel like Christians get married young. And if you're the friend that's the photographer, Mm -hmm. they will come to you. That's what happened to me. And so that's kind of how I got a lot of my first portfolio work is a lot of friends around me started uh, just asking me to do their engagement sessions as they were getting married. Um, And I don't know how I navigated this accurately, but like I started like, you know, charging $500 for a wedding, you know, as one does like very cheap. Um, but as I like developed my talent, I slowly started raising my prices, but like everybody that's getting engaged at different times, like, so like one friend and we're all a group of friends, like it's all the same friend group. One friend would come to me and I would charge them 500 because it was my first wedding. The next friend, like six months later, I'd be like, Hey, $1,500. And like everyone was cool with it. And I maybe okay. it was just because they could see that my work was getting better. I don't know. But like, yeah. Lord bless. By the time like <laughs> I was like legitimate in my photography business more so, I think I was charging $2,500. And like they were still cool. I was like, wow, okay, God bless. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how that grew. Um, I just started kind of shooting everything. And as I was doing that, I really honed in on couples and weddings. Um, that's just what my heart like loved the most. That was mm. what just lit me on fire in the best way. And just what I was really passionate about. Um, and at this same time, my husband joined the coast guard and one of our first duty stations was Oahu, Hawaii. So Mm -hmm. we moved ironically for his job, but I will say that move benefited me and my photography business a frick ton. Um, Oh yeah. I'm sure. And in Kansas before we had moved, cause that's where I'm from. That's where I live now, but that's where I was at the time. Um, I was already very attracted to that elopement destination style, like adventurous, wild, carefree type of style. Um, And as I was trying to get work, I was very strategic. I was like, I I remember I like drove to Big Bend National Park, which is in Texas, which is like an 18 hour drive from Kansas uh, just to get like an engagement shoot. Um, And then I drove to Colorado to the sand dunes. So I was like already trying to get destination work in Kansas. And then when we moved to Hawaii, um, the, the destinations were just there, like right. 10 minutes from my doorstep, which was great. Yes. Um, so that's it. basically from there, my photography business, I just kept rocking and rolling and it pretty much scaled from there. Okay. Wow. That's, that's so interesting. I love hearing how it started as just like a passion and then you mm-hmm. turned it in to a business. Honestly, I think that's where like the best businesses start. Like it's mm-hmm. always like, like when you watch like Shark Tank or, or something, like it always is the passion behind why they started the business. That's totally so interesting. It's not always like, oh, I just, you know, start taking photos and I'm good at it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I was really passionate about it. And I found out that I really loved it. And that's why it's an, a good business. So I think yep. I think it's really interesting that that's kind of how you started, because I think that's like where it all 
the best ones start. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and if your heart's not in it, I mean, there are business models out there that like are just, you, you start them for just like strategy or investments, but like you, I feel like you've got to have at least one business. That's like your heart, you know? Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so that kind of, it's funny you say the heart now talk to us about like the heart university and kind of like that journey. Cause it's, yep. it's different from photography. Obviously the heart university is not like shooting weddings, you know, it's right. like teaching people. So kind of tell me about that transition between totally, totally. the two. So it, it kind of like starts honestly right where I left off. So like I'm in Hawaii, I'm shooting weddings, I'm scaling my business, I'm growing and I mm -hmm. start getting, and I maybe started slowly getting messages even before we moved to Hawaii, but like definitely ramped up once we moved to Hawaii, I started getting messages of just people being like, Hey, how did you do this? How did you do that? And like, I mean, as most photographers who are growing their business, like people probably start asking them, like, especially people that are wanting to be photographers. Um, they're just like, Hey, how did you wait? What lens? Wait, what? Oh, wait, how did you grow your, okay. All that. Um, yeah. and so I started slowly doing mentor sessions. Um, and I think that's honestly one of the hardest steps for a photographer. Cause it's like, oh, I couldn't possibly like teach somebody else how to do this. Or like, I couldn't mm -hmm. possibly know all the things, which I think so often that we have to remember, you don't have to be like freaking Elon Musk of photography. Like you don't have to be like the all wise knowing. I don't even know if Elon Musk is all wise knowing, whatever you get it. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> like you just have to be a few steps up the ladder from the person that's wanting to learn from you. Right. Right. Like you're just turning around and giving them the knowledge that, you know. Um, and so that's what I started doing. I started doing mentor sessions, um, and kind of, you know, growing those. And as I did that, I had a friend, Evie, who is also a photographer, um, really getting started in her photography business, growing, like shooting for the stars. Like she was just like crushing it. And she called me up one day, we were friends and she was like, Hey, I really have this dream to start a photography workshop. I would love to do that with you. What are your thoughts? And literally I was like, Whoa, that sounds so cool. But I was also like, okay, I really like there's something about that idea. I love, but also I was like a hundred percent negative Nancy. And I was like, who do you, I was like, Evie, like low key, we have like 5,000 followers between us at the time. And we, I was like, we are not India Earl, like calm down. Like, but, but like, that was just more like negative Nancy talk. Cause in my heart, I was like, I love that idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we went for it. We did our first photography retreat workshop, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it in Malibu. I think this was in April of 2018. Um, and at the time I think 12 people came, which to us, like mind boggling mind. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, what? Like, this is a thing. Um, <laughs> and as we, we started doing that, so we did the, or the Malibu one, then we did two more in Oahu later that year. Um, and as we started doing them, our, we had an email list for people that wanted to come to the next one. Okay. Um, and as that started happening, like we started getting like a 5,000 person wait list and then like a 7,000 person wait list and then a 10,000 person wait list. And my mind was freaking blown because mm -hmm. I was like, uh, what? Like, I think I had just gained like 10,000 Instagram followers roughly around this year at the time. And I was just okay. like, well, I don't understand. Like what, how, how, like people want to learn from me. I don't understand this. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just self-deprecating and like, you always like, don't think, you know, as much as you probably know. Right. Um, and so as our wait list started to grow, we were like, okay, we really like this intimate workshop style, but like we could literally quit photography right now and do intimate workshops forever and still not like hit all these people that are on our wait list. Mm -hmm. So that kind of made us start thinking, okay, what if we did an online course in addition to these 
photography workshops. So that was when we launched a photography course. At the time, it was called the Hart University, but now we've changed it to be called the Photo Major um, because the entire like company technically is called the Hart University. Right. Um, and as that grew, we just God just gave us like a total vision for kind of a creative education company that served yes photographers, but maybe widened the bracket a little bit to all creative entrepreneurs and really taught them the skills that not only hit on like the strategies of business and photography and just growing like a sustainable business, but also like the heart and the mindset and like the soul behind your business. Because I feel like if you know all the strategies in the world, but you like you just feel like you are the biggest imposter. Like if you feel like an imposter or you just are down on yourself or you mm-hmm. are struggling with your mental health or your mindset, like heart is half of it, right? So that's kind of where the name came from is like, we want it to speak to the heart of business owners while giving them heart and like the strategy. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where it grew. Then we started a podcast called the Heart and Hustle Podcast. Um, we started an online shop, opened a few more courses. And then we just recently, this past April, did our first business conference called the Heart Conference. So that's where we're rocking right now. Okay. That is very different than wedding photography. Yeah. Um, and I still did wedding photography on the side. It just has, it's slowly scaled back because I've had two children and the heart has kind of blown up a little bit. So it's like, it's a lot to balance, you know, we're right, wrong, which I know we're going to maybe get into that of like work-life balance and all yes. that. Yes, 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 yes. It's funny that you mentioned balance because I literally was like, okay, I want to talk to her about how the heck she is balancing all of this because just hearing you say all those different things like this course and then like we're doing this and then, oh, I also do any <laughs> photography. Like, it's just like, I literally am getting stressed just hearing about all of it. Right, um, right. This is very, very random, kind of off topic, but you mentioned it. So I'm just going to ask it really quickly because it's on my yeah. mind. You mentioned email lists, like you had an email list for people for your workshop. Mm-hmm. Do you think that email lists are something that like wedding photographers and just like normal photographers that aren't in education, just like photographers in general, do you think they should have an email list and like kind of like why? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I know the immediate thought that someone might be is like, okay, well that I'm not selling like a digital product, like a course. Like it makes, I think people connect in their brains when, when you're selling something that's digital online, they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, email list makes total sense. I am Nancy, whatever from Ohio. (laughs) And I am just serving wedding clients. Like I don't need an email list, but to that Nancy in Ohio, I would say, yes, you do. Here's why And I think stop mystifying it. Like it's this like email list with strategy and like a funnel. like, don't think of it like that. Literally treat it like social media. Okay. And, and and it's, it's just another way to market. It's just another way to get intimate. I mean, it's very much more intimate than social media where the algorithm kind of controls whether people who even follow you see your content or not. Right. And I feel like you just have such a, a better way to reach somebody via email in addition, I mean, it's not like, you know, quit social media and just do email unless that really speaks to you and you hate social media. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just in my brain, it's another mode of marketing, just like social media, just like blogging, just like Pinterest, email list. So if you think of it almost like you're just writing like a little short story, think of it just like a caption with no mm-hmm. photo, right? Or right. maybe you could put a photo in there or you could put like a GIF, I don't know, or GIF. I, that's another story. Different um, story. <laughs> But I think just reframing your brain to actually treat it like you're just having like an intimate conversation. And it's a way that you can not only like build, like, especially if you're a local photographer, build a a community of people that can be reoccurring clients. When you email them, it just triggers in their mind, like, oh, I want to book her for like my family sessions this year or, oh, like, you know, whatever. I, it just, it might trigger in their mind, like, oh, wait, my sister just got engaged that I, I followed her because I love her stuff and mm-hmm. I might want to recommend her, like my sister to her. 
right. um, or her to my sister. Um, yeah. I, I just treat it like that in the sense of like, it's just top of mind. And it's also a really great way to stand out and connect on a personal level with potential clients. Because, right. you know, at the end of the day, like we can have a bajillion fo- uh, photographers out there and like, we're roughly all using the same presets. Not really, but kind of. We're roughly all using the same gear. Not really, but kind of, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you are the differentiating factor of your business. And email list, I mean, just like social, just like blogging, like that's a great way to actually create that personal connection and like show up. So it like, when you think of email lists, it doesn't always have to be promo or sales emails. Like you could sprinkle yeah. that in every once in a while, but that's why I say frame it so that you're treating it like social media. Right. And what's nice about just content in general is if you create a blog post, you can repurpose that over to an email. Oh, so yes. it's not like you have to create content just for emails or just for social media. You can take one concept, use it on social media, email lists and blogs. Yep. And it's just like like less work for you, but more marketing. Well, cause you, know? you forget that like, again, not every single person that follows you or is on your email list or whatever is in your ecosystem is seeing every single piece of content that you put out. So like, exactly. If that almost like leads us back to work life balance, because that is a brilliant tip as far yes. as like every single thing that you create does not have to be like an original, not, I mean, I don't mean like copy other people, but I mean like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't have to come from your brain in that instant. Right. In, the, in the sense of like, you can't use anything that you've done in the past. Oh yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's get into work-life balance. By the way, that was a beautiful answer for just being on the spot. So giving you a little round of applause okay, because you. that you answered that beautifully in every single way. Okay. So work-life balance, how do you specifically balance just being a mom running a business? Like what, how does the balance work for you? Just yeah. go, go yeah. into it. No, I, I, for the, anybody that's listening to this, that is hearing everything that I just said before of like, Oh, I did wedding photography. I grew that. And now I'm like doing a podcast and now I'm doing all these courses. And Oh, now we did a conference. I want to stop and demystify a couple things first, because you could be listening to this and being like imposter syndrome central. Like I could never, I like, or feeling like there's like superwoman out there. And so I just want to demystify that superwoman like attitude or like mindset. Right. Okay. I have about four weddings booked this year. So, so uh, like I just said to Cassidy, like as I've scaled the heart university, photography has gone way down and that's mm-hmm. been intentional. Right. So uh, I don't want you sitting here being like, wow, she's doing 30 weddings a year and she does a conference and she like, no, no. So there's that. That's the first thing Four weddings a year. Y'all. Yes. Okay. Um, the next thing is I've built a team under me. So every single thing that you might be seeing coming out of either my business or the heart university, I'm mostly approving unless it's like copy, like obviously our podcast, like I create that content. I create usually my blog content, but sometimes I have a ghostwriter for that. And then I'll approve and like tweak based on my voice. Um, I create almost every single piece of content for my social media. Um, but for the heart social media, like the reels obviously are mine, but we have an entire team under us that are giving us real ideas with the audios and saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, film this, they're writing the captions and I'm just approving them. right? Right. Or, uh, KT, one of the girls on our heart university team, she creates all of our freebie PDFs and me and Evie just approve it. So like, that's another, like the other demystifying thing that I want to share is like, I am not sitting down and absolutely by myself creating every single piece of content that you see come out of, of the heart. Right. Or Mm -hmm. like our conference, for example, that we just put on, we had a wedding, not a wedding planner, uh, an event planner. I guess she was a wedding planner, but for the conference, she's an event planner. Um, we had an event planner and we also had two girls on our team that were helping plan that. Like me and Evie literally just set the vision and then like gave yes or no answers. Like, Oh, Hey, 
what is like the custom cocktail that you want on the VIP dinner that done cool Mm -hmm. moving on like so I think that's something that you have to remember is like in order to actually balance all the things you you have to elevate yourself I think I read a book traction by Gino Wick is it Wickman or Wickham something like that is the best business book of all time maybe not of all time I haven't read all of them (laughs) right obviously (laughs) obviously Um, I highly recommend it, but it's something he says in that book is, uh, elevate and delegate. So like, as you're trying to scale your business, and even if you're just rocking photography and you're like, Lindsay, I don't want to do a a business conference. Like I have no interest in any of that, even in photography, like you're still doing a lot. You're trying to market, but then you're also trying to do the actual service, which is show up for 12 hour days, like once or twice a week. Right. Like, especially in busy season, you're trying to edit, you're trying to uh, Cole, you're trying to give a good client experience and send out client gifts and like all of this, but then that's like the actual service, right? But then on the backside, you're trying to get featured on feature publication blogs. You're trying to blog, you're trying to Instagram, you're trying to do reels, you're trying to do TikTok, like Lord almighty, there is so much to do just <laughs> even in one business like that. Uh-huh. And so even if you're in like an individual business and, and you're rocking one thing still, like I would say still elevate and delegate yourself as you grow. Because if you get to the point where your time is like, you are just working like a hundred percent in your business, like, like a worker bee, and you don't have time to like actually step out of it and give yourself like perspective, um, Mm -hmm. to actually see where you're going and what direction you kind of want to take the business. You don't have space for that. So I think for just, this is a very long winded answer. I feel like to what you (laughs) asked me. Um, (laughs) but as I, Cause, cause I feel like I have to go back to my photography business. Cause I, I grew that first before I even like started to add other things to my plate, which I think is also a, an important point is mm. to like, don't start with like literally 5 million things all at once. You start with one and you grow that and you mm. delegate that. And then you can, you know, slowly add on more things. But in my photography business, the first thing I outsourced was a VA to help answer my emails, to send client gifts. I was traveling a lot cause I was really trying to get into that destination space. Um, and so she scheduled all my flights, rental car, lodging, all of that. Um, she sent invoices to clients. She, uh, I don't know. I think at the beginning she, she was an English teacher. So she, um, basically I would like voice message her a blog idea and she would like write it for me. And then I would go in and, you know, add my spice to it. Mm -hmm. So like, just like kind of things like that, where like, I just had help to do what I was already doing. And then I outsourced my editing. Um, and then I think I got an intern and that's kind of as far as I scaled Lindsay Roman, like my photography business. And then (laughs) when we got to the heart that, that was a whole other thing, but Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm blabbing, but that's, yeah. I just want to demystify like a lot of things. Cause I feel like people can look at that and be like, you're doing everything. And it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think it's an important point that you made where the more you like working in your business, there's a difference between working in it and working on it. And if you, especially during busy season, if you are so focused working in your business, you are missing out on like so many growth opportunities when you could work on your business, especially yeah. like during busy season, that's when a lot of people are like interested in booking. Like, I know it's like so annoying. It's like, why can't people just book during slow season? Cause that's when I have time to like actually like work right. on stuff, but it's like, <laughs> no, like, like you can't control when they get engaged. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like the summer is like the time when people are doing stuff. So it's like, okay, work on your business, not necessarily in your business all the time. If, and if you find yourself not having time to work on bigger picture, like how do I want this to grow? Like what are some things I want to add to like, you know, whatever, like think of the big picture stuff. If you don't have time for that, 
that's when you should be like, okay, let's outsource. Let's look into getting some help so that I can actually like accomplish the things that I need to accomplish big picture wise. I feel like you'll thank yourself later to like when you invest in something like a VA or you outsource like that, that's something you definitely will not regret. Like ever, ever, ever. I've never heard anyone say I've like regretted hiring help, you know? Oh yeah. Well, unless they're like the wrong fit and it was just like a bad employee or like a bad independent contractor, but like you get another one, like that's not like a one, it's like a one problem situation. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So I did want to ask you like for work-life balance, how do you balance them? Like, like business and personal life. So how do you like turn it on and off and like schedule things and like, how do you know when to be like, okay, I'm done or like, Oh, okay. need to work on this. Like, Totally, totally. Well, and that, I feel like that's almost the part of the first question that you asked that I didn't really touch on, um, which is like the motherhood aspect, which is obviously more of the personal life. Um, I, I had Eloise, our first daughter, um, right around the time that it was the year after we had started the heart. So at that point I had, I had like, I, I feel like the crazy years for me was 2018 was like a rocket ship for my business. And so 2018 and 2019 were like, crazy. And I had my first baby, um, in June of 2019. So that was when we like launched the first heart university course. That Mm -hmm. was when I was shooting like 40 weddings a year, over a hundred sessions a year. Like I was like insane. Um, (laughs) and before kids, I I don't think I had really good boundaries with my business. Like God bless my husband. Cause like, I mean, you, you know, like that feeling when your business is like growing and it's being successful and you love it. Like you want to work, you want to like push and you want to like do all the things. And it's hard to say no to something that you genuinely love. So that's kind of the space that I was in when Eloise came into the world. And that really just like took me for like a very good, uh, I don't know what the word that I'm thinking of, like reality check, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, in the sense that I I had to realize, Oh, I have a whole other thing to balance. Now I got to get some systems in place. Like I have to be smart with my business. And so I feel like office hours are a big thing that I've implemented since having children, um, especially as I'm balancing more things. And obviously, yes, I did delegate, which is helpful. But even so, like I remember when we first started The Heart, um, again, it was just me and Evie at the very beginning. Like we didn't have our VA, like we didn't have anybody. And so just like she's a friend, we would text, right? So we're texting about friend stuff, but then we're also texting about friend or like business stuff because like the workshops and like the course and everything. And it got to the point we were in different time zones. She was in Ohio. I was in Hawaii. That's a six hour time difference. Like I would be messaging her at like 3 PM Hawaii time. She's at like 9 PM. She's ready to go to bed. And I'm like, so what do you think about that? Like it just, yeah, texting did not work. So (laughs) just setting up a hardcore boundaries in place really definitely helped my work-life balance a ton. So like make like switching all work communication to email and Slack. Slack is like kind of like the text message for work. It's a great software. Okay. Um, but we did that and that has helped immensely as our team has grown. So that, that way you can shut off like notifications. You can shut off office hours. Like that way I'm not getting notified at all hours of a day. If like my team members in different time zones are, are messaging about something. Right. And so right being in office from like nine to five or, or less depending on the day is kind of how I implemented that. The other thing I will say is especially for motherhood, when I just had one kid and she was like not even crawling yet, it was very easy to multitask. So I would just like have her chill in like a little rocker and like be on a meeting or like do a coaching call or, Mm -hmm. you know, 
edit a wedding gallery. Like that was super easy to balance. I will say as she got older and she started walking slightly more challenging, um, you have to like baby proof and like, she can like maybe like walk around while you're doing stuff. But like, I I will say the older she's got, the harder it is to multitask and balance. And then now with two, like a hundred percent, I cannot usually do both unless it's something like I'm just on my phone. But even that I almost don't like bringing like my phone and work into the space when I'm supposed to be giving them like a hundred percent of my attention. Um, so now in my business, I try to really segregate it in the sense of like, again, having very strict office hours, even if it's like just for two hours going up, having a meeting or doing something like a deep work task and then switching with my husband and going down and like, I'll watch the girls. Now he goes out and like does something. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of how we've been balancing it, but I mean, we're not perfect and it's definitely a challenge. Um, but in my brain, I like to segregate it because I don't want to like half-ass either like business or motherhood. And I like to give my all to each thing when I'm in it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's awesome. And you mentioned, um, Slack that you like using email. What are some other tools that you use to kind of keep that balance and like keep everything organized and underway? So you're not like stressing about it on off time. Totally. Um, well, Slack is huge that way. Uh, if you're texting your team, stop that. Even if you have one, <laughs> even if you have like an editor or a VA, like stop that. Um, okay. get Slack. It's, I'm pretty sure free. I th- I'm pretty sure like the first, whatever it's, I'm pretty sure it's free. Um, at least to an extent, um, we use Google drive for organizing things with our team. Like that's incredible. And even if you're just solo entrepreneur rocking yourself, like having everything organized is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we have, we use Monday. There's other ones that are, it's basically like an organizational system. So there's Asana, there's Trello. There's like a bunch of different ones. We okay. use Monday just because we like the setup of how the boards look. And so, um, especially if you do have even one or more team members, it's really nice to have boards of like, okay, Hey, I really want to start blogging once a month or bi-weekly or something like that. So you can kind of set up like, okay, Hey, we'll have a board for blogging and then like each blog post, and then it can toggle between team members. Um, we use that a lot for our podcast, um, just for our workflow. Um, me and Evie literally create the outlines and record, and then our team does absolutely everything else. So, mm-hmm. um, the way that we kind of like toggle between that is to set it up on Monday and like really keep track of each episode when that's going out. So that helps a lot of just like staying organized. If your business life is in disarray, it's very hard to have boundaries and balance. I feel like, um, but if everything's organized when you show up to work and it's organized, obviously in, in of it yourself, but also between you and your team, I think that also helps too. Yeah, no, those are, those, that's great. And I love just like, (laughs) what you said about if you are not organized in your business, it's hard to keep that boundary. Cause literally like I've seen it happen within my own business. If Mm -hmm. I'm not on track with organization or, you know, like maybe I don't have notifications turned off, even just like giving like an email, the mental space when you're supposed to be like on a dinner date with your husband, it's happened to me where like I get a notification email comes in. And even if I don't read the whole email, I just read that little tiny blurb, the little, like, and all of a sudden your heart is like, Oh my gosh, my client needs me. Like I have to, exactly. Can we we jam on that for a second? Because I I have thoughts. Okay. Because I feel like it depends on what season of life you're in and, and what you need to talk to like your husband, your partner, whoever, like it, it, there, there are seasons where I think response times, like if you are needing desperately to get booked and you are like struggling with bookings, I think your response time needs to be faster than, than if you are chilling. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think the name of the game, especially for photographers is 
you can't assume that you're the only photographer that they're reaching out to. So mm-hmm. I personally think they're booking whoever they connect with the fastest that like they jive with that, that like, and that could be a couple people. And I think you have a better chance if you respond like immediately. Um, so there is that. Cause I I definitely do think like a fast response time does help you. But on the other side, like you cannot run yourself ragged. And just like you said, like be on a date night, like, and be like always checking your phone, right? Like there, there has to be boundaries in place. So something as I grew that I think is really smart is again, like put office hours, like on your email signature and truly do not like answer your email if you are not in office. I mean, that's how like a dentist would do it. Maybe not a dentist. I don't know. Like a, like a, (laughs) I don't know, like a, like an accountant, right? Like they're probably not going to answer their email at 10 PM at night. And so for some reason as photographers, we're like, oh, but we're their best friends. Like we gotta, we gotta like be friends with them. I have to like respond to them. Um, so I put up that boundary by saying like, Hey, I'll check my email at like from 8 AM to, or 9 AM to 5 PM. Monday through Friday. And if it's outside of those hours, I'll get back to you like, you know, within the next business day. Um, and then something else is I would take off notifications for email on your phone or like take off the app entirely. And sometimes you might not want to do that. Cause like, it is genuinely nice to have like HoneyBook or like your app, your email app on your phone for just like quick things, especially if you are in a hustle push season. But I will say if, if that is something that you're struggling with is in installing boundaries, then take those notifications off so that you're not even in a situation where you're like having a date night and like you see it, like you'll see it when you go into the office the right. next day. Um, yeah. I think also something that photographers struggle with is giving out their number to clients because again, we're trying to be their best friends. And then like the client, if they're like a normal, like if they're a nurse or, you know, whatever, or a teacher, they're probably wedding planning at night. Like, mm-hmm. and that's when they're like communicating with you. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's so easy if you give them your number for them to text you a quick question or, you know, even I'm, I'm in this theory, I'm, I'm, or in this, uh, example, I'm saying like this couple has already probably booked with you. Right. Right. Um, right. So they're like, texting you, Hey, I have a question. And I think this is also a personal decision. Like if you love that relationship with your couples and you don't mind texting them at 10 PM at night, then like, do it. That's fine. I'm not saying like, nah, don't do it ever. Um, but I will say if you do want that work-life balance and you, you do want a separation because it's work is just like infiltrating your Mm -hmm. personal life again and again and again, then something that I would try to do is not give out your phone number until like, like a month away from the wedding or, or just like closer up to the wedding and then always keep communication via email. And you can still yeah. be like best friend language and like talk with them like a soul sister or whatever, you know, you want to yeah. like, you want your brand to be, but there, there is a, like an element of, we got to put up some boundaries for my sanity. <laughs> right. And I think there's like a, like a stigma or like this just idea that in order to be the cool photographer that everyone desires that you have to have no boundaries whatsoever right like there there's just this idea that you have to be constantly available because right that's what people want like they want the bestie that they can text but at the same time at what point are we sacrificing our literal like mental sanity to be someone's best friend and I think like yeah, yes, you can have like bestie energy, but at the end of the day, you are a wedding vendor or you are just like a service for hire. And I think what I've started to implement recently is taking my service for hire position a little mm-hmm. more seriously because yeah. I think the the 
bestie energy can be a bit unprofessional sometimes. And that can be very, very, very slippery because if just one wrong thing happens in that, it's just like, yeah, I feel like game over. So I've yeah, been trying. Like, oh, oh, I really want some raws, but you were my bestie earlier. So like, can I have them now? Right. If they can get. <laughs> right. Or like, oh, like we're just so close. Like, could I get a discount on this session in the future? Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's just like there's this line and I feel like it gets crossed a little too quickly if you try to maintain that. And I'm not saying that's wrong because obviously like a lot of people do it and it's really great. But I've been trying to kind of balance like 50-50. Like I'm your bestie, but also like you hired me for service. So I'm going to be professional. I'm going to, you know, answer you only during my office hours and, you know, be, be a little bit more professional on some sides of it as well. Well, I think good clients respect that. Like it will, they'll be admirable. That that didn't make sense. They will admire you more if they see like office hours and it's like, oh wow, she's actually like prioritizing her health and her family. Like go her. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. But like also if you in your office hours, like take freaking good care of your clients and treat them well and give them a really good client experience throughout the entire process. They're not going to be upset that you're not texting them at 10 PM on a Saturday. Right. Right. <laughs> like right. they're going to understand. Right. You know, exactly. And it's actually funny because we were talking about work-life balance and outsourcing things. And if you talk about the perspective of a bride planning a wedding, think about how stressful that is for them. They probably want to outsource that and use a planner and not even communicate with you at all because it's almost too much for them. And it's like, if we're telling people, Oh, outsource your business, like do outsource certain, certain things. I would almost encourage a bride to like outsource some communication and stuff with like getting a planner or someone so they can like make their life easier. So it's like maybe the firsthand communication of texting at 10 PM isn't always going to be the best for your client either. Right. Cause especially if they have a planner and you are texting her, Right. Like the bride and you've made a decision that's not then communicated to the planner. Then there's a whole world of mess up. Like exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, I, <laughs> I we kind of took a lot of turns there. Um, let's talk about social media. Cause this is something I definitely wanted to ask you because you are like a really cool presence on social media. You're like this queen who just, you're just, okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're just like very authentic. And, um, I don't know. I just think with your social media, it's always just very interesting, like watching how you do things. So okay. I wanted to ask, um, what are some of your favorite social media strategies, um, when you are posting and planning and all of that? Ooh, okay. I feel like, Oh, this is, I could go in so many different directions with this question. (laughs) You said my favorite social media strategies when it comes to posting or like posting specifically, or just like the app. Anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One of my favorite things to do is like actually give a (laughs) SHIT, which is like, I think we are always trying to chase followers, right? We're always trying to chase more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And over the years I started getting to the point where I'm like, like my growth has been stagnant probably for like the last two years. And I like for a while I was like, come on, like just get me over the hot, like, come on. And I was <laughs> like, I stopped thinking about that. Cause I was like, why, why do I want more? Like okay. is more going to really give me like more money, more bookings? Do I need more money? Your book? Like, like there's just so many things we're always chasing more and we never ask why, or does it just like fill up our ego cup? Like what, what is it about that? And I think from the beginning, something that I've done is I always tried to look at 
every single follower, every single comment, every single DM as like an actual human being. Cause guess what guys, that's what they are. Um, (laughs) unless it's a bot, but I don't talk to, well, no, I sometimes do send them trolls. Okay. Anyways. Um, (laughs) or send them troll behavior comments. Anyways. Um, uh, I, I try to treat every single person like a, like a human being. And I think from the beginning that helped grow my social media a lot because I was very genuine. I actually like, that's why I say like, give a S H I T like, (laughs) um, like actually care. And so like, over the years, like I have always responded to my comments. I've always responded to DMs and it's been the same since like 2015 as what Mm. I do now. But like, it's funny that as your follower count grows, people's reaction starts to be like, wait, you actually responded. I'm like, bro, that you just have never DM me clearly because I've done that forever. Um, yeah, but I I think just that makes a difference no matter what your follower count is. If you actually go above and beyond, like maybe not like, just like show that you care when somebody comments, like, on your account with an emoji, write them a sentence back. They're probably not expecting that, right? Yeah. And again, we're talking about work-life balance also in this episode. So like there is a balance where like you cannot spend literally five hours a day just DMing people like above and beyond if that's not making you money. Like you got to, at some point, you do have to realize like what's actually moving the bottom line in your business. Right. But if we're talking about social media and really truly making an impact and a difference, one of my favorite strategies is to genuinely like in DMs, like voice message someone back. They're probably not expecting that mm-hmm. or video video message them back. Like honestly, sometimes that's just faster and easier than like low-key yeah. writing it all out. Um, so and true. it's more genuine. And especially if you get like a DM inquiry, like voice, me- like straight up like video message them back and then point them to your contact page, like, and share how excited you are. Like that one humanizes you a ton. It's not yeah. just like this random vendor that your client's trying to reach out to. It's like, oh no, I'm a human being. It's what did you say? Best friend energy or yes, bestie energy. energy, bestie <laughs> energy. Um, so there's that. So like responding and actually being a genuine human being. The other thing I think that's really helped grow my account and just create an impact, even with whatever follower account number I have, is like not trying to be too businessy, right? Like I mm-hmm. incorporated a personal brand pretty early on in my account. Um, and that's, that's been able to sustain myself no matter if I'm doing photography, no matter if I'm doing business coaching, like no matter what I do mom life in the future, like all of that kind of falls under the umbrella of like who Lindsay is. Um, and so as I like approach the internet or like go to story something, I try to treat it like I'm literally just like chatting with my best friend. I'm FaceTiming her and I'm talking exactly like that. It's not like I come up and I'm like, so today I am editing. And like, it's like, like, no, I'm like, yo bro. Okay. So I'm editing. And like, this is what's happening. Like I talk like how I would actually talk in real life. And people love that. Like if you think no matter what business you run, no matter if you're just an influencer, whatever, people love personal stuff, mm-hmm. like like straight up. Um, yeah. I have a friend right now. She's a wedding photographer. They're adopting a baby from India. And we were talking the other day because she was like, every time I post about like our adoption process, I get the most engagement I've ever like had. But then when I post like a wedding couple, I don't. And it's like, well, it's because it's your account, first of all, and people are obsessed right. with you and yes. your story. And obviously you have to translate that somehow to like, your, what you do in your work. And so like humanizing, I think our work, I'm like bouncing all around with like so many thoughts. I'm a little yeah, squirrel over okay. here. Um, but I, I think a tip for especially wedding photographers that are trying to grow on Instagram, yes, show up as you like share bestie energy, like show up like that. But then also when you are posting um, like wedding work or client work, 
humanize it. Make mm-hmm. it a story. Don't just be like, hey, I shot uh, Joe and Jill, <laughs> whatever. Uh, like on <laughs> Saturday, it was rad. Like, no, tell how they met. Like, tell how mm-hmm. they got engaged. Tell the story yeah. of their wedding if it was a wedding day. Like, what happened? Like, what was a moment that made you cry or like made you gasp in awe? I don't know, whatever. Like, tell yeah. stories. Cause like, that's again, the same reason people are obsessed with you is like, you are a human being. They are obsessed with your story. So you almost have to like, pull them into another story that you're obsessed with, AKA your clients. Right. And right now on social media, the one thing that is working for TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest blogging, the one thing that is in common across all of those apps is storytelling. Um, I've seen people try trends. I've seen people try like a million and a half types of videos and always the ones that do well are the storytelling videos. There is not a single storytelling video unless the story isn't told right. You know, like there's like little things, but storytelling is going to take every single piece of content on social media from average to like connection. Yeah. Do do you know what I'm saying? And even like with real specifically or TikToks, like taking just those flashes of photos that you're showing, adding a story to it, adding text, boom, you're going to get 10,000 plus views. I can almost guarantee it because the story is what's interesting. That's really why we're on social media, right? It's to be entertained and to kind of capture our attention, which is a whole nother thing and honestly kind of toxic, but you know, I'm saying like it's, it's to capture attention and why do we watch Netflix? Why do we watch movies? Because there's a story. Why do we watch stranger things? Cause it's interesting. We want to know what happens to Steve, you know, like yep. that, that is what we're interested in. So when you are telling your clients stories, boom, like that, that's, what's going to get you good engagement. Well, and I feel like, especially for reels, like to actually get somebody hooked to watch the full thing, like you have mm-hmm. to intrigue them or like set up the setting of a story. And like, it doesn't even have to be like this complicated, in-depth rising action, like right. club next, <laughs> r- whatever. Like it can, like, I literally just saw a reel the other day from a girl I follow who she was filming her husband mowing a lawn with like a very tiny lawnmower and they live, it looks like on like acres of land. People probably have seen this also because it's going viral. I'm pretty sure. Um, But, and she was like, so my husband bought this lawnmower. It's so tiny. It's tragic. And he's mowing his lawn. Anyways, I went to go shower and I came back out and I started crying. And so she walks out of her house and shows like a bunch of neighbors just like came up and like started mowing the lawn alongside <laughs> him with like huge lawn mowers. Yeah. And like, I was like, I didn't know I was going to cry from just <laughs> this. Like, like that's literally telling a story. That's like the story of a, like the good of humanity, like how mm-hmm. friendly neighbor can like change someone's day. And like, that's just like so powerful. Like that has nothing to do necessarily with like her niche or like what she's selling. I think she's an influencer. So maybe that kind of fits with her family, whatever. Anyways, like it still was like powerful and like that attracts somebody's attention. So it's like, how can you share stories or how can you like think of marketing like a story, which if you have not read, uh, building a story brand by Donald Miller, he talks about literally this exact thing so well. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And honestly, like those, those random videos that like, I don't know, like the stupid stories. I'm like, this is what I want to see. You know, yeah. like I'm not interested in hearing about your product. Like I want to hear the story behind the product. Um, and another fun example, I always bring this up on this podcast and I, I think people are just like, Cassie, shut up about it, but I won't. <laughs> Have you seen like the scrub daddy account on TikTok? They are just so Oh, funny. You, you know, scrub daddy, the little sponge that you use. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know if I've seen the, 
the TikToks though. That's okay. If you have time after this, you know, if okay. you're feeling, you know, a little fun, go okay. go look at their account. They are so funny. They I don't think they necessarily do storytelling, but you made a point earlier about like not posting stuff that's too businessy and just like not giving a crap. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that is what they do. They don't care. Like yes, they're they're showing their products, but they're being so funny. And like well, they and also just, if I'm just entertained by that, I'm going to then when I actually genuinely need like a, a, a so I like have that pain point of needing yes. my dishes clean or or my you know bathroom wall, whatever it is, like I'm gonna think of them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's something like it's just in your mind, just their funny content. It's just in your head. And like you said, once you need a sponge, it's there, or they can post about their new product in a funny way. And like, literally they sold out, like they had like this new thing that they launched and it sold out because of the fact that their presence was just so powerful. That's crazy. And That's it's awesome. not, it's not even like a business. They don't, they don't even post business things. Like they post <laughs> about Dua Lipa or like, like Duolingo too. Like they, they're another great example of a TikTok account that doesn't take the business side yeah. of it too seriously. And they're really thriving right now. So I would, I would honestly say that is probably using that kind of like relatable energy. Like that's how I grew my Instagram. And mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't that I viewed it as like a solely just a photography account, because if you're doing that, say you are a photographer in Lincoln, Nebraska, and you are just posting like you are completely not present in your account and you're just posting your photography work in Lincoln, Nebraska. The only people that have an incentive to follow you are brides that are engaged that are getting married in Lincoln, Nebraska right now. That's a very, right. very, very small pool, yeah. which again, we're not necessarily advocating for that you need a bajillion followers, but if you do want to build a platform for yourself to in the future, maybe pivot out of photography, maybe add up different services to it, maybe do mm-hmm. something else with your life. You have the ability and the flexibility if you start incorporating like you into it and actually like, like be front of mind and people's like, people start following you for you. And so, like I said, like, like I don't need 50,000 clients for photography, but as I grew my account, like I had people following me, not necessarily for photography. Like that was a bonus, but like they loved who I was. And then, like I said earlier, if their cousin gets engaged, Oh, Hey, I follow this really great girl on Instagram. Like you have to hire her. Like that's how especially if we're talking about like destination photography, that's how people get booked and actually convince people to book them and like fly them somewhere where they can just, you know, get a cheaper option in the location that they live. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that is so good. I I 100% agree with all of that. I actually, I'm reading my next question. I'm laughing because I have no idea how you're going to answer this. Um, (laughs) And it's, I've actually never asked a guest this before. I I just thought, you know, if anyone's going to answer this, it's going to be Lindsay. So I wanted to ask, do you have any like crazy or funny stories from shooting weddings or couples? Like when you were constantly shooting, like, do you have any, f- just like a story that sticks out? That's just like, I just want to share something that happened that would just like lighten the mood and just end this podcast episode. With just oh a- my gosh. Okay. First of all, you should definitely ask other photographers. Like this is a yeah. great question. Okay. This is the juice. Okay. Hold on. I have to like nail it down. I have a couple, my favorite honestly is, okay. I've shared this before on social media, but, um, it, this is probably my favorite story to tell. Cause it's just the ignorance that is me. Um, <laughs> I had a wedding in Oahu. It was ironically the weekend that a hurricane was coming. So like last minute, their wedding venue was on one of like, I think the army base in Oahu. And so the army base, because the hurricane was coming shut, like they literally could not get married on the date that they were getting married because their venue was like, like, 
Like imagine like the stress. You're right. you're doing a destination wedding and there's a freaking hurricane coming at yeah. Anyways, okay. so what happened was ironically the hurricane like dissipated, it's fine, but they had to still move their wedding from Saturday night to Sunday morning, right? Okay. The, the timing of this is important. So it's like a morning wedding. Um, cause again, people flew in for this wedding and it's still a small wedding, but they're trying to like coordinate. So it, I get there. So it's in down, like we go to the hotel, downtown Honolulu at 7am for getting ready, like shots. Like that's when they're getting ready for like a 11am ceremony or 10. I don't know, whatever we get there. My husband's coming with me. Thank the Lord. That's not a normal thing that he does. It's not like he's a second shooter. Like he has nothing to do with my photography business, yeah. but I don't, I, he just came because he just wanted to say, I, I don't know. He wanted to be moral support, <laughs> <Okay>. whatever. <laughs> um, hold my bags. He was cool. Um, thank the Lord he did though. So I get there, I go up to the hotel room, I go inside and I like meet like the bride, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't even imagine like a freaking hurricane. Like we're going to make today the best day ever. Like I got you girl, you know, bestie energy. Okay. Right. I go to open up my bag, open it. And I'm like getting my gear together. And then I like, I get my camera, I get my lens, and I'm like, okay, SD cards. And I start searching, and I cannot find them. No. <laughs> and I'm like, this is like in 20, what year? This was in 2018. So, like that insane year. Like, I'm, it's not like I'm new. It's right. like, I've shot like a wedding or two of this. Like, I've shot a lot of weddings at this point. Yeah. Like, I am not like a noob. Mm, mistakes, y'all. We all make them. So, <laughs> Like I literally cannot find my SD cards anywhere. And I'm like, holy crap, I left them at home. So my house is about a 40 minute drive no. from this hotel room. And I'm like, I, I'm literally here. Like it's seven, like I am supposed to be on right now. And I'm in a panic. It's 7 a.m. Best Buy, don't, not open. It opens right. at 10. So I'm like, what do I do? What Literally, what do I do? And so um, I, uh, I, I, I call my husband. I'm like, can you come back? Cause I think he went down to the hotel lobby. And I was like, um, SOS come back to the hotel room, please. Um, and so he comes up, I meet him in the hallway and I'm like, Andrew, I have no SD cards. I left them at home. I did not triple check my gear. <laughs> and, uh, we look and there's like a Walmart, like 10 minutes away. And I was like, run, yeah. just gonna drive fast. But like, I was like, I need you to go so fast. Um, so he does that. And now instead, this is the embarrassing part. Instead of being an ethical human being, I go back into the the suite where they're all getting ready. I'm like chit-chatting with the bride. And instead of being honest and being like, hey, I forgot my SD cards. My husband's going to go grab. I was just in that moment, I was like embarrassed and I was like paralyzed because I was like, what is she going to think? Like, what? Uh, mm, mm, I don't know what. I'm, oh, so and I was like, well, he, he'll be he'll be here soon. Like, it's not going to be that long. Right. Yeah. And so I just, I just, I start setting up like the lay flats of like the details, but just like mm. in the slowest way possible, like chatting with the bridesmaids, like, oh yeah. And, but like, this is like the worst part. I like start like fake shooting. No. <laughs> like, Cause you know, it like still makes yes. the sound even though there's not no, an No, I know. Yeah. And it literally like the photos just aren't being recorded. No, nope, it's so like, funny. Not, so, but I didn't like, I set it up. And then I like, didn't move it. I like fake shot it. Right. Like going as slow as humanly possible. Cause like right. there was a long enough time. It wasn't like I was running out of time it, it, as long as Andrew moved fast. So then I, I kept that set up there. And then I was like, Oh, um, I was like, do you have your dress? Like there's some really cool stuff in the lobby that I could go and get the dress with. So yeah. I got the dress. I took it downstairs by myself. And so I pretty much just like hung up the dress in the lobby and waited for Andrew. God bless. He was so, so fast. Oh, he comes into the lobby. 
I put the SD card in my camera, yeah. like put the rest in my pocket. And then like the first official shot of that wedding was the dress in the lobby. But because I had set up the like lay flats upstairs, like in the getting ready room, I like basically come up shoot that for real, real fast. And then like proceed with the day. Um, wow. That's just hysterical. But the fact that like, it was like a hurricane that like randomly like whacked their way. Like it was yeah. just crazy. Uh, and, but to this day, one of my favorite weddings I've ever shot, like, yeah. <laughs> which is just funny that that, wow. That's amazing though. Yeah. Okay. That stresses me out. I think that just instilled fear into <laughs> literally any person that is still listening. Like, I have fear instilled in, in me. Like what if that ever happened to me? So, well, just, okay. Because like I was very lucky it, right. we were in like Honolulu. There are Walmarts open, not the most, not the best SD cards by far, but like doable. Right. right? Yeah. And it was seven, eight, like in other, I feel like any other wedding that you get there at like two, oh, Best Buy would have been open. No. But yeah. some, some venues out in the country, like you could have been in a no. situation. I could have been in a situation where like there was nothing. Right. No. And I've definitely heard horror stories of people like forgetting batteries and being like two hours away from literally any place. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So moral of the story, d- triple check your bag. Make sure yes. you have absolutely everything. Have a checklist in advance. Yeah. If you need mm-hmm. to start charging your batteries like five days before the way, if you need to, like don't mess around. Right. Right. Well, I just, I feel like that was a great ending. That was awesome because I'm just like, bro, I, I always triple check my bag, but even still, I just knowing my, like, I feel like one of these days I'm going to forget something, you know, like, it's just like this thing where I just feel like it has to happen to everyone and it hasn't happened to me yet. So I'm just waiting for it to happen. It's okay. You got this. You you can do it. You can handle it with grace. Yes. (laughs) Thankfully, Charlie comes with me to literally every wedding. So it's like, so if you do need a Walmart run, you got it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. That was amazing. Um, let's wrap up. Just tell everyone where they can find you and follow you. Um, yeah. So they can connect with you after this episode. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm mostly on Instagram at Mrs. Lindsay Roman, or you can find me, uh, at lindsayroman.com. Um, and then if you are interested in just in the heart and everything that I talked about kind of earlier in this episode, you can find the heart at the heart university or theheartuniversity.com. Awesome. Wow. That was so quick into the point. I love it. (laughs) Don't mess around. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on this episode, Lindsay. It was so great talking with you, hearing about just all the things going on in your brain. I loved it. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity, the wisdom rushing in.